Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. It's your girl Sandra. It's uh, it's been a week, guys. So I thought, you know what, we should uh, settle in to this week, take a second before we came back and talked about some things that transpired for the Chicago Red Stars. And I thought to myself, self, you can't do it alone. Nobody can do it alone. So I called up my homie Claire. Yeah, misery loves company. What up, misery? How you doing? And here we are together. Yeah, thanks for uh, letting me hang out, hosting this edition of Southside Trap. Oh yeah, that you do sometimes. We're gonna try to take you guys down uh, as much as we can. Um, so apologies in advance if it goes a little over our normal like sort of thirty minute time slot. This is a big one. It's a big so one, guys. There's a lot to kind of unpack here. There's a, there's a game that we got to talk about that we want to talk about. Yeah, it's a positive game, I think. But there's so much that happened before and after, and, and even maybe a little during, <laughs> during that game. Um, but we're just gonna get into sort of the things that have transpired right now. So to sort of catch everybody up to speed with the big stuff. There has been some addition and subtraction that has happened with the Chicago Red Stars and heading into their match this past Saturday against the Portland Thorns. um, There were some rumblings and rumors about roster movement, and that meant certain players leaving and maybe a certain player arriving. And uh, it all sort of came to a head on Saturday, right? I am just putting together that we can talk about all of it now. (laughs) <laughs> i i literally just for the first time was like wow we can actually lay the whole thing out everything has been announced every everything has been announced i mean until it's new things are until announced, new things from, for what from what we know at this moment it's all out there yeah word uh heading into the match on saturday this, this past saturday excuse me against the portland thorns um it was the featured game of the week. So it was the very first game to be featured on the ESPN News channel slash app or however, which way you all out there decided to watch it. I hope you watched it. Um, and so shortly before kickoff, uh, the Chicago Red Stars put out a release saying that a number of players were not going to be on the roster due to a pending trade transaction. And those players were uh, Sophia Huerta, Sam Johnson, and Taylor Camo. And they also mentioned that they had waived Lauren Kasky. Uh, so didn't feel so good going into the match against Thorland, not going to lie. I would say to Chicago, I, I actually did at least appreciate that Chicago put that press release out. None of the other teams did. Um, and I thought that they at least took the time to acknowledge that something was happening that they couldn't talk about yet, which, you know, from our perspective, we always appreciate because we don't want to step on toes, but we also need to talk about things that are happening. So I thought that they, the fact that they did at least try to give everyone as much information as they could was a cool move on their part. Yeah. Same. Uh, shout out to the red stars and the FO for, um, for doing that and sort of, bringing that to light even though that was probably really difficult to do um reaching out to media such as myself and my other colleagues and um sort of having a grand old time talking about those things and um 
I think it was necessary because that's a lot of players. I mean, you're talking about it's a big move, and it's not the kind of move that Chicago makes uh, with frequency or ever. Correct. Have they ever <laughs> done this before? Correct. This um, many players. I don't know about this many players at once. Yeah. Chicago, in the middle of the season, I think too. it's safe to say that Chicago's not a stranger to midseason trades anymore. No, that's true. I think if this was maybe like 2016 yeah. or even 2015, like you would have thought like, oh, Chicago's just going to stay put and grit and grind their way through it because that's what the Sh- Chicago Red Stars do. But uh, I think now at this point, sort of how this team is and who they are, I think they're not, they're no longer strangers to a midseason trade. Yeah, they're a little bit more established and maybe thinking more sh- even sh- – this actually goes counterintuitive to what we're about to talk about the trade being, but they do think short term, maybe a little bit more now than they did three, four years ago. Who knows? Right. We'll get, we'll get in, we'll get into some more of that, <laughs> but I also, I also appreciated, I also appreciated that release being put out there and, and all the conversations that happened before the, the game, uh, because you know, this is a, I feel like this is a team that has constantly had a short roster to start games this season but if they were going to put out a roster and a starting 11 and it was going to be like some pretty significant names missing there were going to be a ton of questions right and there still were a ton of questions I think uh during the game and of course after the game but they ended up uh putting together a pretty good lineup you had Nair Net. Uh, Sarah Gordon got the start at outside back. Uh, Katie Naughton, uh, Julie Ertz was in the center back position. We got some Vincent. We got some Johnston on Saturday. We got some Johnston. Vincent Johnston on on Saturday with Gilliland there at the outside back. And then you had midfield uh, composed of Nikki Stanton, Danny Colaprico, and Yugi Nagasato. And at the time when the starting lineup was announced, it was Sam Kerr, Alyssa Motts, along with Rosie White. But she was a late game scratch due to tweaking something uh, during warmups. And Michelle Vasconcelos ended up getting the start against the Portland Thorns. And, you know, <laughs> whatever. I'm going to keep it real and people can go ahead and bake me. But I thought that the Red Stars did a pretty damn good job this game. I agree. I um I thought it was obviously a very different game from the first Portland game week two. Um, and they did something which they don't always do, which they made a strategy change, and they just you know they went direct. They went back to just some kind of very simple ball that they know how to do well, and honestly actually worked really well they almost sprang Kerr a couple of times yeah yeah um there was just sort of some bad luck and some you know miscues there but when when they lined up to be fair when they lined up and there was a a lot of portions of the game where they they still sort of appeared to be in that kind of like four three three maybe like they're like four two three one kind of thing like but for the most part I think when they were connecting and trying to find those moments yeah it was definitely some old school red stars long game just kind of some heads up play i think it was and that makes sense to me actually when i i was thinking about this before the match about if i were in that team huddle thinking about how you play portland i think the number one thing that you do is you are just aware of what's happening all the time it's all about awareness it's not so much about like it's not like North Carolina where you're trying to break down the midfield box. It's not about a team that's sitting back where you're trying to break through. I think with Portland, 
on both sides of the ball, they have weaknesses in the back, but you have to be paying attention to find them. And they also have very scary attackers up front and you have to be aware at all times if you're going to stop them. So I thought that what I saw on Saturday followed kind of that game plan really nicely. Yeah, no, I agree. I, um, I really kind of appreciated the way the Red Stars first goal happened. I was hoping that there were going to be more because they were knocking, you know. They really were, yeah. Various times. But uh, it started with a penalty kick. Uh, Sam Kerr just, again, getting service into the box, got clipped. Penalty was called. And not to start the the bleeding heart stuff early, but as soon as... Just let it out. Let it out, Sandra. Let it out. Dude, as soon as that PK call, the penalty kick was called, I was like... Oh, well, shit, who the hell is going to take this PK? Sophia Ware does not here. Sophia's not here to take that penalty. But it was Yuki Nagasato who stepped up to mm-hmm. the plate. And uh, I thought that made a lot of sense. You know, you want the veteran up there, right? I agree. And um, she didn't take a poor penalty kick, I don't think. It just it was a great yeah. first save by Ekstrom. But, again, the vet taking the PK followed her shot, even Heads though it was up. blocked, and yep. got it in the back of the net. Yep. And they went up 1-0 right before the hat. This was like the 43rd, maybe 44th minute. Yep. And I thought that was huge. Um, so it was great to sort of have the, this Red Stars team taking a lead into the hat. Man, you talk about emotionally. The fact that they led first was huge. If they had gone down in that first half, it it could have really gotten ugly there in the second. Yeah, no, I agree. And it, to be fair, to Portland's credit, I thought it was going to because here comes... Lindsay Horan off of what else but a set piece and really early in that second half equalizes this match mm-hmm. and it ended up just being 1-1 throughout the rest of the game yeah you had it, great it's, saves it's pretty again. funny the if you just look at the match report I think Chicago scored in the 43rd and Portland scored in the 48th and they had halftime in between them but then just pretty much the rest of the game was yeah. pretty much deadlocked it was it was like you know I, know, I think the stats at halftime, I think Chicago had had, like, I think they had, like, 11 total shots, maybe, like, four or something, like, on goal at that point. But I was like, wow, this could, there could be some more goals coming here. And there were, but it just eventually was, was for Portland. And uh, it kind of was a little frustrating, I think, to sort of see how that game ended because having these opportunities in gold and like still not kind of having the finishing there. It was definitely it. They looked good, but it was another performance that was kind of indicative of some of the issues that Chicago's had all season, uh, yeah. which, but like to, to be fair, the, the very same day, Seattle had the exact same problem and they didn't even get a goal at all. So I think that there is still, I think that there is kind of a final, form for even a lot of the better teams in the league and obviously some teams are trying to fix that with personnel changes uh some teams are just you know trying to get players back from injury or just figure it out but I think that every every team in the league has trouble up top when they need to put games away and Chicago is one of them and so I I would agree with that you know, not everybody can be the Orlando Pride, apparently, who are just getting all of the goals. Yeah, what's on? What's going on with them? Some they, in the water. I don't know. They look pretty good. They, they, they're peaking at a pretty good time, I think, you know. But, back to the Red Stars. But, 
I think her Orlando Pride podcast will be forthcoming. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, I think that all things considered, all of the noise, so to speak, that was happening going into this game and then what was sort of to come, I think a draw ended up sort of feeling fair. Um, it at least meant that they didn't have to, <laughs> that no one had to focus on the game maybe more than it warranted. Yeah, right. And I also feel like Another huge silver lining, I think, for for me and I, I'm sure a lot of people out there. I mean, this game saw the return of Casey Short and Vanessa DiBernardo, and that's huge. And not only that, but they obviously played very limited minutes. But because they played very limited minutes, they looked good. Casey Short came on in the 65th minute. Yeah. And immediately, one of her earliest touches of the game was like this brilliant sort of sideline work. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was just so great to see that. And it's just like, man, it's like once you get some of these players to 90 minutes, it's it might be over for you. Yeah. And it just it just reminds it reminds me too that I, I think this is this has this has genuinely been a very emotional season to follow this team um, when it comes even just to injury and then some positive steps and then some, you know, plateauing and all of that sort of stuff. But um it just reminds me that we haven't really seen the Chicago Red Stars play no, since not at 2017. All. No, not at all. Yeah, it's it's, and then you have Vanessa DiBernardo come on, and she only played like 10 minutes. Like she came on like the 78th, 79th minute. But it was amazing to see Vanessa DiBernardo get subbed on because so much was made about this big offseason trade that brought Nikki Stanton and Sam Kerr to the Chicago Red Stars. And part of the big deal was the fact that Vanessa DiBernardo and, and Alyssa Motts, you know, and, and Nick Stanton and, and, and Sam Kerr have all played together yep. in Perth. Yep. And like people could not wait to see that. And I thought it was so brilliant that here comes Vanessa DiBernardo, 10 minutes under her belt. And her first touch of the game is like this beautiful seam that she finds and just like threads this needle to Sam Kerr, who who could have got the game winner. Yeah. If it was like in the 86, like if, if, if Brick, if Brit Extra, that was one of the best chances saves. of the entire game. Yeah. And I, it, but it's the little things, right? I right. guess like that. So it was just great to see that and see these players who have been on the IR for so long, sort of had to nurse and rehab their injuries kind of together, you know, um, cause they were sort of on the same timeline and they'd be able to make their debut in 2018 against a Portland Thorns team, um, in the second half. And I thought, uh, hopefully knock on wood, it's, Maybe a preview of things to come. I know in past episodes, I've said a few times, multiple times, that this is a Red Stars team that's probably going to find themselves hitting the reset button pretty consistently this year, whether it's been just coming into a new season out of a very short preseason and then having to fold back in these players off of injury. They had to do it with Yuki Nagasato, and then they eventually had to go ahead and do it with Julie Ertz and now they're going to kind of have to do that with Rosie White and then they have to do that with Short and Bernardo and so on and so on and so forth. And unfortunately it does seem, and, and it's great to have Bernardo back, but she's coming back from a pretty serious injury and I think it's going to be slow going, building up her minutes, as it should be. She's Absolutely. She is a player that should be protected at all costs. So, uh, save Vanessa DiBernardo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Respect Vanessa DiBernardo. We do not deserve her. Exactly. So, I think um, it's going to be a lot of like building 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe a half. Um, and we might not see her 90 minutes fit for maybe another month or so. 
which is fine. But um, it does just it gives context to the second half of this season where the number of games left is ticking down and uh, there was obviously and we haven't even gotten to it yet some upheaval this week so it's uh it might just keep stopping and starting and that just might end up be what it is yeah your 2018 chicago starts in a nutshell right show's over guys bye bye (laughs) but you know post game and after the game um talked to a few different Red Stars players, obviously spoke with Rory Dames for a little bit. And um I think again, another one of the small silver linings out of it, you know, besides getting a result against a team like Portland and seeing the return of certain players come back was sort of this very unified message that all of these players had. Um just sort of reemphasizing their belief in each other and the fact that they just want to focus on moving forward and, and being a team and working together and getting results. I think what you would want from a te- you know a team like that that you respect and you care about is that with any modicum of change, whether it was inevitable or you know you know whatever brought it about, that kind of stuff, you soul search a little bit. You're like, who you know the people that leave, who were they to us? Who are we now? What do we mean to each other? What do the new people coming in mean to us? And who do we want to be? And even taking a look and saying, do we need to reset that? Have we lost that a little bit? How can we figure out exactly how to kind of control our own destiny, even if it's just very short term, the next game and the game after that and the game after that, when there is so much that's kind of out of your control and I think what we heard from uh, from everyone at the end of the game indicated that this is a pretty conscientious group that is taking this very seriously. And uh, I thought that was cool. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, I know that you and I uh, and our fearless leader, JB. Uh, our Shout editor, out, JB. Yeah, our editor over at Hot Time and All Time. Uh, we've all been doing our best, guys. <laughs> Again, just doing our best, uh, trying to be on top of this stuff for you all, uh, breaking the news with you as it's happening, um, and trying to provide the coverage on yeah. it, really. Should we go ahead and uh, just yeah. kind of lay it all out there? Let's drop it. Right now. Okay, so... Dun, 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 dun. In case you haven't heard, y'all, here it's like it is. like the saddest trumpet sound you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, Morgan oh, Bryan boy. is coming back to the Chicago Red Stars. She has broken her contract with Leon. She is coming back. She is not allocated by U.S. soccer. No. Chicago is paying for her to come home. Which uh, probably explains a little bit of why a player like Lauren Kasky was waived. Right. In welcoming back uh, Morgan Bryan, actually before they announced the return of Morgan Bryan. I was going to say this all got a little bit jumbled. It's okay. Yeah. But it was like a back-to-back thing. It, right. The yeah. days are blurring. It's all good. Other, it's all but, good. But uh, before Morgan Bryan was shortly now, they announced a, a big trade. It was a three-way trade. It was... The second three-way trade. People were speculating it was a four-way trade. Nah, I know. There was a lot out there. There was Ooh. a lot of rumors out yeah. there, guys. But it's, it's going to be the second sort of multi-team, multiplayer trade that Chicago participated in in 2018. But they essentially, the Chicago Red Stars, and uh, I don't mean to laugh, but it's just, I, it's funny. The irony of it's funny. But they essentially acquired the rights back to Kristen Press from the Houston Dash along with a 
conditional first round draft pick in the 2020 NWSL college draft from the dash. Okay. And in return, the Houston dash received Sofia Huerta and Taylor Camo. And then the red stars went ahead and turned around and dealt with the Utah Royals. And along with dealing them the rights to Kristen press, they also traded defender Sam Johnson and they got Brooke Elby, who we're excited about. Yeah, I love Brooke Elby. And they got the number one overall college draft in 2019, an additional first-round draft pick in 2019, and, I love this word, an additional condition, a conditional. Additional. Conditional. conditional First and second-round draft picks in the 2020 draft and the first-round pick in 2021. So basically, Brooke LB shit. and a shit ton of draft picks. Chicago likes draft, y'all. They love the draft. Um, so yeah. Laura Harvey does not love the draft. Laura Harvey does not love the draft. Yeah. And it was evident. Yeah. And that I was going to say, Laura Harvey and Roy Dames probably could do business all day all because day. they are very different types of coaches that value very different things. So I'm not surprised that this ultimately worked out for them. Yeah. Um, I think that this trade in particular for these three sort of middle-ish table teams, right? All really kind of neck and neck. They're all kind of neck and neck. Yeah. I mean, there's points, right? It's just a matter of points that are separating really second place all the way through to seventh yeah. place on the end of your cell table right now. Um, so these three teams participated in a trade and I think everybody sort of won. Honestly, I think there are going to be, arguments out there about who got the better ends of certain deals and et cetera, et cetera. It was at least smart. You know what I mean? Like but I think going to say that's winners a good way to and losers. It. We can't yeah. probably gauge yet, but no one was dumb about this. That's a very good way and to put it. And it seemed like everyone was operating in pretty good faith, yes, which is what agree. you want to see. So all of those things are things to feel good about. Yeah, no, I, I would agree a hundred percent. I feel like in with the red stars getting a player, like Brooke LB, I mean, she could start right away. Yeah, she fills a need. I think she is the type of player. I think I've said I've said this before in other avenues, but she's the type of player I think that fits in really well with the Red Stars. She um, is still kind of moldable to an ethos, and she's bounced around kind of bit. And I would love for this to kind of become home base for her. And she's had a great year with Utah, and she uh, comes in and fills some defensive depth that Chicago desperately needs. Well, even more so now more because so. of what they had to give up. I was just going to say. And yeah. also, if we're just talking about the nuts and bolts money-wise, I she, you know, she doesn't count to the roster size cuz she's from Boston and um not not personally. It's not like people from Boston don't yeah. count to the roster size. <laughs> she's a breakers. She, yeah, she's a breakers dispersal draft. She's a Boston draft. breakers dispersal draft pick. Yes. She's from Boston, so she doesn't count. But um <laughs> And uh, I bet also her salary, I think Sofia Huerta probably is one of the people who carries maybe one of the largest non-allocated salaries in, uh, in, in the league. So when it comes to cap space, uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's NWSL, though, so we don't really know that information. We don't know anything. <laughs> so what is information to report on it? It's pointless. But, you know, just uh, I think with a big trade like that, I think the initial reaction when you look at that, if you're only looking at it at a right now presence of mind sort of viewpoint, you look at that and you're like, hold up a second. We just traded away 
three roster players here, right? There's probably people out there who are going, hold on a second, scratching their head. So you have Sophia Huerta, who's a starter, you know? You Absolutely. have Sam Johnson, starter. Yeah. You have Taylor Kumo, might take your spot, homie. Like, she's a good player. She really is. Yeah. Really came into her own on this Red Stars team. And yeah. you're talking and you're talking about stories, right? Stories, like really good storied players in this NWSL. I mean, you have your national team players and everybody those are sort of their faces and they're those stars, right? But we talk so much, those of us in like these media circles, about the importance of these sort of non-allocated like superstar national team players. And so much of this league is based on players like a Taylor Camo or a Sam Johnson or a Sofia Huerta who make a name for themselves in club. And then you sort of get to see them strive and like reach part of their dream. You know what I mean? And then you, you Taylor Camo and Sam Johnson – came into this league on tryouts, you know, on invitationals. And then, like, they got to the Chicago, got Taylor Camo from Portland, and she was a tryout. And then Sam Johnson has, has was with the Red Stars since 2014 as a trialist. So it's just, like, it's a lot, man. It's heavy. It is. I think also, I, I, I mean, I wrote a little bit about this on – hot time and if you haven't checked out that piece you should go look at it because you all should go yeah, look at it this was like something that's been like brewing in my brain for a very and it long was great time. it was it was kind of perfect yeah. i loved working this week with all the crew at hot time specifically yeah. you uh because we're small desk we over are there. Uh, it's kind of a triangle yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a it's, it's a very small desk yeah. but i really appreciated working this kind of stuff with you and being able to sort of have these pieces come out and please go check out Claire's piece. If you guys haven't yet already, it's sort of like a, what is it? Could it mean? What could have been, or just, it's a little bit about, I mean, this is the thing that we, we've talked about this a little bit about how when Kristen press left, it happened in such a way that there wasn't a ton of, I mean, closure sounds like such an emo word for it, but like it was such a weird sort of move where she kind of left the entire league and there was no real moment where it was like, here's kind of what broke down. Here's the deal that was done. And this is how it ended because that happened this weekend. It just yeah. took a little bit longer. Yeah. Um. But, uh. and so it, I was just kind of thinking about that and how that related to, to Huerta and even with Camo and Johnson. But I think I, I also, um, this is something that, that Dame said on the Equalizer podcast a couple of days ago where he just talked a lot about investment. And I think this is also, I don't say this in the piece because I just kind of thought about it now where we were talking about it. This is a league in its sixth year. The more years this league exists, the more you're going to have stories like the one that came out this weekend because it's we've had time for players to come in and improve and develop and they've had stability and with that has come you know the building careers that some players may never would have had five years ago or even a player like Huerta who maybe five years ago wouldn't have had the avenues to play for the U.S. Women's National Team the way that she's been able to do that through the league and um, I think also credit to Chicago they have the reason these players moved at the value that they moved at was because this club invested in them and those players invested in themselves. And that is 
the bigger story to me, even just as someone who covers the league in general, but also covers this club, that it really sucks that all of this good stuff turned into this situation that clearly I think has some hurt feelings involved. And that is a difficult thing to maneuver to try to be fair to everybody. Yeah, I uh, I can't imagine like that type of very difficult like position that you're in where you work so hard to achieve this like very specific thing and then all of a sudden there are sort of these small obstacles within this dream right that you're currently trying to things are going well yeah it's like it's because things are working and things are good and and what we're talking about i want to be clear is um dames dames has gone on the record and said that one of the primary reasons that Sofia Huerta uh, was one of those players that was moved to kind of make that cap space was because she feels that she needs to play at outside back at a club level in order to succeed with the U.S. Women's National Team. And he thought he, based on his conversations with Houston, thought that Houston would be a good place for her to do that. Now, we uh, Huerta has not gone on the record to her side of this story, so we are only able to really comment on what we've heard from Rory Dames. Um, and I'm sure that, that I, I do think that probably what Huerta has to say about it is also important. But um, so that, that I just wanted to give some context to what we're yeah, talking no, about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think it's just difficult too because it's like, uh, again, we're talking about the Chicago Red Stars and this is, my God, you look at the outside back position on the Red Stars and you've got players like Aaron Gilliland. You've got players like Casey Short, but then you've got somebody like Sarah Gordon who has absolutely came made from a nowhere. name for herself came from, this season. Yeah, absolutely. And Taylor Camo, who has pretty much been playing at that outside back position since last season. Mm-hmm. And Sofia, Tw- Sofia Huerta is still very good up top. You know, if, if she wasn't as good as she is at playing forward, this would be a different conversation. Yeah, Sofia Huerta. They they put out uh, the Chicago Red Stars put out some like some thank you mm-hmm. videos, oh, and her highlight reel is just like ridiculous, man. Like you talk oh. about some bops. Yeah, for real. Sofia Huerta, man, that rookie that rookie season, that was that was special. It really was. Oh man, and that's like again, this is where it's uh, it's it's it, it, everything about this just like goes against what Chicago was originally trying to do. Um, you had Huerta Gilliland and Colaprico come in all in the same year yeah. and kill it yeah. as rookies and then develop onto it, into leaders on the team and get used to playing together. And that's, and it's, it's I'm just, I'm about to talk in circles because <laughs> a lot of feelings, because, you guys. because I have a lot of feelings. We're about just it. hanging out in the living room. Yeah. With a couple mics. Yeah. A couple, couple beverages, a couple beverages, couple Corona Familia. Yeah. Oh, not sponsored, yeah. but mm, yeah, no, shout out. Uh, but if they'd like to, um, <laughs> but, uh, that's what you want for your team. You want players who spend years playing together and I think that's sort of what, I mean, that's what Chicago became, really. I think those first two years in the season, they absolutely, you had Rory Dames, Arnhem was there, and at the time the GM, Melissa Hugh, and they absolutely recognized that, and they really started the revamp of that team probably in 2014 when they brought in, when they selected Julie Ertz, when they, when they selected Vanessa DiBernardo, and that they just stood with that vision 
2015 and was able to get those those three players in in, in Huerta, Colaprico, and Gilliland and just sort of stick together and continue to build this core and then kind of do it again with getting Katie Naughton and Sarah Gordon. And it's just like this idea of building your team through a draft that sort of Chicago and in essence, maybe Paul Riley and the, the flash and, and now courage, you know, you sort of see these teams doing that. And it's, uh, it's really special to see because of the kind of league and new sellers, like it's in its sixth season and, you know, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have been having we've these kind never, of conversations. We've never had an opportunity to have these conversations about yeah, club about soccer, growing women's a club team soccer in America. Draft. Yeah. yeah, and it's like Chicago, I think, in that aspect is a, a kind of a historic part of talking about professional women's soccer in America because it's like you can look at certain teams for those examples, and when you're, like, thinking of a team that builds itself through the draft, you're thinking Chicago Red Stars. So I think... That's sort of where the heaviness kind of comes in from that. And it was it was evident. And in fairness to the players, I appreciate them so much for even answering those types of questions yeah. coming out of the post game. And they did. Yeah. Julie Ertz and, and, and Casey Short. And, this is also and Danny Colaprico, you know, it was, they, and were, in the they same, went on record and said that it was difficult, but they yeah. didn't want to united in the forward. same way i wish that there were more avenues to talk to players as they're being traded i think this also comes down to kind of the way some of this news came out was a little bit jumbled um the lines of communication especially when a player is in transit isn't always the best um and players don't always have representation some of them are really just kind of doing this on their own and it it's hard sometimes to get the whole bigger picture so um but I, yeah, I thought that everything that came out of the post game was was fantastic. Yeah, and for for my my part of it, uh, Claire and I both had pieces running on Hot Time and Old Town on that, you know, that same day, uh, which was yesterday. It was literally. <laughs> it was literally yesterday. As so well, like, two days ago from yeah, when for this when air, this comes but, out, yeah. it would be like two days ago, but. Uh, it was sort of like back to back. We've where, aged 100 yes. years. Oh my god! <laughs> in the last four days, I'm again. Yeah. Quick apology if we just sound ragged. Yeah. It's because we feel that way. Yeah. But uh, that's pretty much what my piece out on Hot Time is about. Uh, you're gonna have pretty much the player reaction and sort of how this team wants to handle the rest of this season moving forward, which is. I believe it was Vanessa DiBernardo who probably said it best that they're not going to give up on themselves this season and they're going to they make shouldn't. a second half It's a very push. good team. They're still a very good team. I, I, they, uh, they, if they have any more significant injury, they're really going to be in trouble. If they don't, it could be a really special end of the season. So it's really hard to gauge. Yeah. yeah a 19-24 game season, I think we're really – starting to see some of the problems let's be real of what that means you know I, I think parody used to be a thing that we maybe kind of complimented about this league right and we, oh it's the toughest league in the world and there's a lot of people out there called the best league in the world and I always debate that because I believe it is one of the most competitive leagues um and it's one of the most tough leagues so I think that's the more appropriate title um, for that, for people who want to know what the best league in the world, I, I, I think there isn't one that exists yet. To be I, I agree. I think every, every league kind of has, has their issues. And I think maybe 
taking saying exactly what you're saying from maybe a different angle, which is it's absolutely the most competitive league in the world, but that's not always a good thing. And there are a lot of reasons why it's the most competitive league in the world that actually doesn't necessarily equate to great soccer. So we're getting really off topic. We're just, we got we're a lot just, of feelings, guys. Yeah. We got a lot of feelings. We're just, we're just, we've just like talk about soul searching. We're just like, why do we love this sport? Why do we love this team? Why do we care about these players and cover women's soccer? They said we've got, they need coverage. We've they got said. 11 games left, baby. <laughs> Tired y'all. But, the season's going to be over in a blink before we know it. I know. I'm already Red Stars, about it. Red Stars have another game this weekend. Guess the Utah Royals, team that they traded with. Utah Royals, yeah. Though uh, Kristen Press will not be playing in that game. Um, I Rory Dames has gone on record and yeah, said, saying that. Said that they kind of did like a, kind of a, a wink and a handshake. Maybe at yeah. a Celine Dion concert. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's the funny story. Anyway, um, but they, uh, Kristen Press will definitely, so well, this is kind of an ongoing thing that it's, I don't really want to get into sort of the nitty gritty with Utah because we'll find out this weekend, but um, she's got some contract issues to figure out in Sweden. She's got to get back here right now. She is still in Sweden, um, but she regardless will not be playing. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if exactly what Rory said included Sam Johnson and Brooke Elby in that agreement, but I assume that they also will not be playing just out of, I think, fairness to everyone involved. Yeah. I mean, which, I mean, I get it, you know, but at the same time, it may uh, be cool. Would have been cool. Yeah. Wouldn't have minded writing about it. Just saying, but you know, they run the teams. Yeah. We don't, you know, so, but um, I still think it's going to be a really good game. Probably another one of those important games. Utah is looking really good. They beat North, Car- North Carolina Yo, last week. Yo, congrats, yeah. Utah. That's what's up. Yeah, and they did that. You know, they did that without the new pieces they have coming right. in. Um, they're figuring it out. Laura Harvey is a very good coach. They are very financially. You know, they've got the support from uh, from the club, and I think they could really go on a tear. So it'll be very interesting to see what Saturday looks like. You got any predictions? Oh, man. I also think Chicago could... I don't know. I don't... Ugh, that's so hard to Who say. Who do you think is going to be an important player or have an impact on this match for the Red Stars? Julie Ertz. Really? I think she... We are now at the point where she needs to be like... an. She needs to be an imposing presence, especially considering the back line that Utah has. We need to match that, uh, and I think she needs to not only be, you know, making smart defensive plays, but she's got to be getting the ball forward to uh, make things happen up front. I don't know if she's going to get the start, but I wouldn't be mad if she did, but I'm going to say Nikki Stanton. I think Nikki... Always. I mean, I think I, maybe, I, maybe I should also just caveat Nikki, that, like, Nikki Stanton, week, Nikki she's Stanton, been having yeah. one of those kind of seasons, and... Uh, She's going to get on that best 11 if uh, I have to basically go out there and uh, shake some people down. Yeah. I'm just saying. Start some fights. Start some fights, man. Set some fires. I'm going to do some things. Yeah. Southside trap, baby. (laughs) But, I mean, even just off of this last week alone, I mean, Christine Sinclair came into Toyota Park and probably was looking at that goal because that's what Christine, Christine Sinclair does. She scores against the Red Stars. She just does that. And Nikki Stanton made sure that that shit did not go down. Yeah. No, we talked about that last week. I said uh, nothing dumb, right? 
And Nikki Stanton was like, nothing dumb is going to happen on my watch. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, again, I don't know if she's going to get the start uh, this weekend against Utah. But uh, if she does, uh, I think she's going to be one of those players uh, to have an impact on the game for sure. I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how much Morgan Bryan plays and what the formation is going to look like if she does. Because you are now getting to the point where Chicago has a lot of midfield talent that they might try to get on the field. Um, and the question is kind of how they're going to do that. So uh, I'm interested to see what that looks like. Yeah, same. I'm right there with you, homie. Um, I think I'm going to take like a page out of the Red Stars players book there and say, I just want to refocus <laughs> and just focus on the season moving forward. <laughs> it's uh, again, it's, it's been the days are blowing at each other. It's been a long couple of weeks, yeah. um, maybe even months when you think about how long we've sort of been covering some of these players yeah. and the ongoing things. And I think um, I think you said this like in a text chain and I just really love and I like keep have to keep reminding myself every time I do get too sentimental, which is there's a whole ass team here to support. There is a whole ass team here to support, fam. Yeah. And honestly, it's like disrespectful and rude to uh not focus on that from this point forward. So Yeah. That's where I'm at. I think uh there's a lot of players here with a lot of good stories and a lot of good soccer in front of them and ahead of them. And I'm excited to report on it and write about it. That's the thing. There's so much soccer. Ahead. Like, on, that's the thing. Like, God willing, this is just going to be a tiny footnote in a very long history of this team. Uh, and you want to give the outgoing players their due. And I genuinely am going to miss them terribly. I think they were all not only quality, you know, soccer players, but they were part of just kind of the DNA of this team's personality. And uh, their their loss will be missed. But life goes on man time moves forward yeah, no i'm definitely yeah. gonna pour one out here yeah for, for pour one homies. out for the homies <laughs> yeah for sure but i mean in all realness like uh yeah the they were red stars for a long time um i'll just keep it real and go on record uh watching sofia where the tear shit up for the chicago red stars in 2015 100 inspired me to seek out a way to get more coverage and do more coverage for the Chicago Red Stars. I saw this very young player who's not so young anymore come onto this team She's and tear it up. And I said, I said, why is nobody talking about this player and what she's doing? And uh, the very next season, I uh, tried to go ahead and pitch some things and try to figure out a way to cover this team because I was local and uh, that's something that I wanted to do. So thank you, Sophia, for sort of inspiring me to do that. It was a big deal um, for me to sort of see a player like her in the NWSL, but specifically in Chicago, a young Mexican-American player just sort of doing her thing and making a name for herself and to sort of uh, see her put in so much hard work and effort and then to sort of get to the national team and take a run out there on a national team stage with that United States jersey on with the U.S. crest and a huerta on the back uh, meant so much on a personal level, and I know that it meant a ton to a lot of other people. Uh, so I hope she has an awesome season and has an even better future. Yeah, please truly don't, nothing Please don't the hurt the Red Stars too bad. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> genuinely don't score on them too bad yeah <laughs> like, don't don't it already hurts don't make it don't make it hurt anymore. i mean it's it's my show i can do what i want yeah <laughs> like, that's funny that i'm talking about like taking a like having 
a name like wears on the back of a U.S. jersey and I'm sitting here like in a Mexico jersey. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's, you know, that's the melting pot, right? That's that me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I agree with, with all of that. I would say even, yeah, I just think that I keep speaking about it generally, but it's true. I'm not sure. I don't maybe have a specific player where that's like a favorite moment for any of the three that like stands out. Sam Johnson just has so many tackles. That was so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think like, I just keep going back to like Taylor Camo, like coughing up blood. Oh my God. Coming back a week later. Shout out to Taylor Camo for literally giving her blood. Yeah. Like blood, sweat and tears (laughs) in like one moment. It's just that to me is, is incredible. And just like, also like, so Chicago in a way. Yeah. Um, I forgot which game it was, but there was a game I want to say against, they were either the flash at the time or they were either the courage. I'm not, I cannot remember. I'm so, so, so sorry. But there was like a scramble in front of goal that involved like Sam Mewis, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And Sam Johnson, like sort of shielding like a listener. Yeah, and it was funny yeah. because like, I think Mewis had gone earlier in that season, uh, sort of against like two toe to toe with Amadie Henri. Like you don't want none of this. And then all of a sudden, she found herself sort of face to face with Sam Johnson, and, I, and Sam and Johnson was like, like, "No, you don't, you don't want none of this. Oh, you don't even know." Yeah. So like, right. little, it's the, the little things like that that'll probably okay. I've been thinking about me. it. Here's my long speech. All right. Here's my. This long is my speech. monologue. Um, I'm not from Chicago. I am from a rural area in Ohio, and I moved to Chicago when I was 18 for college and stayed and so maybe I think one of the things that I have really connected to when it comes to all of the players who come here and try to make a name for themselves is that a lot of them aren't from here and even the ones who are from here are from the suburbs and that's kind of a whole different experience and I love watching people fall in love with this city like I love it and I and it just that is something that brings me so much joy because that was my experience as a kid as a kid when I was 18. But, um, and so that is always what makes it hard when they have to leave because going through that process is such a journey and that this has nothing to do with soccer, but it has everything to do with the club and what you're trying to build in a particular place. And I, all, all of the players actually involved in this deal like did that like wholly and completely. Yeah, and they, they became Chicago kids. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And so that to me, um, that is really where I think I connect there is just that's a it's it's an experience similar to mine. And it's something that I want for like many more players for many more years to come. So. Brooke Elby. We're ready for you to yeah, get to Chicago so and become a no Chicago pressure. kid. No pressure. You better love this city when you get here. Take a long walk in a really nice park or something. And Yeah, right? It'll happen. She's coming at a good time, Summer. Yeah, sure. She's coming at a good time. But uh, we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, Claire, thank you so much for hanging out. Where can the good people find you and your work? Uh, yes. So you can find me at Hot Time in Old Town. It gets real. I also write for The Equalizer. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Scout, S-C-O-U-T, Ripley, R-I-P-L-E-Y. 
Go check out the band and their music. Yes, that is the name of my band. It's fantastic. You're going to hear some of that music in the intro and the outro yeah. of this podcast. Um, if you guys want to follow me and my shenanigans, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Herrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. If you want to follow the Southside Trap on Twitter, you can follow Southside Trap podcast at Southside Trap pod with one letter P, guys. Okay. Uh, thanks for sticking around and hanging out. We're going to have some good stuff for you next week. We're going to have uh, an interview with uh, Rory Dames dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. for the Southside Trap. It's going to be dropping early next week. Um, so look out for that. And uh, stay blessed, guys. Bye. <laughs>